Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Second hour is here. Outkick 360 rolls on. 6th and Peabody, our daily location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Crew is all here. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we will take a look at the AFC West as our NFL team-by-team preview will continue with the Broncos and the Chiefs today. Uh, A lot to discuss with both of those franchises. A bit later in today's show, we'll take a look at the Missouri Tigers. Plus, TJ Lang will join us, former Packers offensive lineman, Super Bowl champ, two-time pro bowler, and a member of the Lions radio network. He will be with us coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes from right now. You can hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Some headlines today will include Marshawn Lynch and his car, uh, Amazon, and the Black Friday game that they're going to attempt to put on the NFL schedule by next year. Um, first, though, guys, um, I need to give a shout-out uh, for what I did last night, not not on my behalf, but for what I was watching. Stayed up late, yeah? I stayed extra up late. late? Um, extra late. I was completely all in on the Yankees-Mariners game last night. Good for you. And Wrong I, result again. I thought the Seattle atmosphere, the fan base, um, Yankee, Yankees fans are poor. You know, they're going to all these. If they're in your city, they're going to take over some of the seats. And there was a playoff feel to it in August. And I'm thinking, what, like, what is going on in August where this you have this type of atmosphere with the Yankees who, it was a scoreless game, by the way, went to well, extra real innings. real pitching matchup, oh, too. Oh, it was great. A big-time pitching yes. matchup. Uh, Garrett Cole, who's struggled lately against Luis Castillo, the guy everybody wanted to and trade for. And just beat them earlier. He pitched got. well against the Yankees yeah. last week. And Castillo went eight innings, three Cole walks, seven. no no runs. Uh, and Cole went seven and allowed like two or three hits, no walks. I mean, it was a fantastic pitching matchup. I picked up around the eighth inning, and you had the bullpen come in. And they were mowing guys down. And... The crowd was all the way in. Uh, extra innings, of course. You still got the you got the runner on second or whatever, and you've got um, the drama with that. There were some base running issues by the Yankees, but they also got out of a lot of jams on their own. It went thirteen, which is very rare nowadays. It feels like yeah, and, with the runner on second, and then yeah. the Mariners ended up having a hit to to right field with one out or two outs. Big celebration, massive celebration. But the cr- the crowd is what drew me in because it felt like. Playoffs. A game that mattered in the middle of the summer where, honestly, we may look back on it and it matters because they win by half a game. They're, they're up, the Mariners are up half a game right now in the wildcard race. But, again, in the daily regiment of baseball, last night was pretty cool. And it wasn't the only good game last night. The, the Braves. Chad, you sent me the play. Uh, was it Acuna? Yeah, Cunha, yeah, so it was uh, it was back and forth. When I first had a chance to watch the game, I think it was 4-4 four to four in the fourth or fifth inning, and they kept trading runs. They get to the 6-6, six to six, going to extra innings. Each team scores a run. Paul, you mentioned it. You start running on second. you got to get the second run 
That really matters. Um, Braves had one out, runner on second. Orlando Arcia, who is their second baseman, their backup second baseman, the third they've used this year, tried out Robinson Cano, didn't work. After Albies went down, he doubles off the monster, and a runner scores, and he's trying to get to second. I said double. Tries to get to second, tears his hamstring halfway there, and he's hurting so bad he comes off the base where the Red Sox tag him. He's out. So that led to the Braves only scoring one. Now the Braves had to call up a double-A second baseman to start tonight at Fenway. Um, but Acuna in the 11th, a miraculous slide at home. And great, I'll, I'll show it to you guys during the break. But if, if you've seen it, you know it. It's unbelievable the angle he takes to get the right hand in coming in on the left side to slide in and get that, that second run in the 11th inning that made it 9-7. to seven. Braves at that point, they held on to win 9-7. to seven. Really fun game. Always with my team in baseball – it's a lot easier to get sucked into a game where you don't care wow. about the outcome. Yeah. Like, when I dedicate that much time to watching the game, I probably tuned in the seventh, and I'm thinking, I'm now going to be really mad if the Braves don't pull this out as I'm watching it. So then I'm, I'm invested. But then when they win it, I'm thinking, I'm really glad I stuck around and watched that to the very end to see the, the Braves get the win. It was an entertaining game, and this is the time of year where things start to really crank up. Unfortunately for your Yankees, Paul, they're – they're struggling. A well, bit at right least now. some of these have been close. So I take heart in that. They're finally getting some injuries. Carpenter cracked his foot. He's been a miraculous find. You don't know what's going to happen there. Um, oh, and pro- I'm all right if way. they're losing one run games because that's kind of leveling things out. If they're getting blown out as they have a couple of times, that concerns me. Do you still find your Mariners pull from the old days yeah. in effect? Yeah, and even that, though you're an Orioles guy now. Yes, uh, and the the Orioles are playing well too. Like it's um, they're five games over five hundred. It's, it's after it's, trading Mancini. It's been a fun year. Um, I do I, I I do find myself gravitating to the Mariners because of that. Um, but I mean, uh, I'm going to give props to the Yankees. Uh, the the broadcast, the TV broadcast. I'm watching the Yankees broadcast, and you mentioned the fractured foot for Carpenter. They're in, uh, I love how Major League Baseball teams handle these injuries. They are they. They have a reporter that comes on in like the sixth inning and announces that he has a fracture in his foot. Like there's none of this. Well, we're gonna we need the swelling to go down so we can see the MRI and we'll let you know the next time we're available yeah, to the they media. They put him on the ten day IL, but they say you know I saw like a best case scenario somebody else fractured his foot somewhere else and made it back in a month, but they don't know how bad this one is. So you but know I, they're, they're optimistic for the players. They don't wait post. Like they just get the information out there. They announce yeah. it to the those reporters who are on the you know, boots on the ground and allow them to report on that information instead of just reporting the balls and strikes. Which in the NFL now, practically all the media can do is report on down and distance. I mean that's yeah that's what you're allowed to report unless the coach speaks on a specific issue, which is ridiculous. The Braves had lost three straight for the first time all season in, in New York, losing the doubleheader on Saturday, then Sunday. Thought they were about to lose four straight last night, looking rough for a while. Uh, they, they win that one. Field of Dreams game is tomorrow night. I will watch that. I think we all agreed on it last year. It was perfect. It was great. The, and the ending to it was amazing. Um, it's the Reds and the Cubs in that one. Does it suck? Yeah, it's, it's, a time, it's a time of year to definitely get more and Does more it, excited about baseball. But the long tradition of that game tells us the Yankees should be in it every year. And so I'm disappointed it's not a Yankees thing. Oh, I'm not disappointed in that. I am disappointed that we don't have – I wish they could flex a game into that spot. Yeah, who wants to see the Reds? 
I mean, they're putting traditional teams into They're traditional, and that's all fine. I would rather see me. I would rather see Mariners Yankees last night in that set. Like, um, but again, if you're, if you're trying to get two teams that aren't good and you want to predetermine the matchup, I mean, you do have the history with the two and you can make a compelling game out of a game that otherwise is not going to be watched. So, well, uh, Frank Thomas, by the way, uh, confirmed, I think today he's part of the, the field of dreams ownership group of that park in Iowa. There will not be a game next year because it's going to be under construction. Oh, so they're revamping so the it. They're revamping it. I don't know exactly what the obviously pretty big construction. They can't start the construction tomorrow and be done be, in a year. Uh, what I is this? The Titans uh, headquarters? So they, they, I don't they, know. They, they just said it's not. <laughs> it's not going to be available next year. But there's plans to do it in the future. So they're building a huge complex then. So we talked about it after watching it last year. I, I'd love to get to a place where every team plays there once a year. Yeah. Yes. You pick one weekend yeah. and you're going to play in Iowa, and that's. That is your pilgrimage to that park. If you want to make it an annual thing, if you want to go see it once, you know, it could be the Orioles and the Blue Jays are going to play in, in Iowa in the cornfield, you know, one time. Just pick two teams, throw them there for a weekend series. I think it'd be great. I think it would be great, too. I like that idea. Marshawn Lynch uh, arrested uh, DUI is the charge. Um and I, I look, the initial report was allegedly, and they didn't know that ESPN on the bottom line last night said they didn't know if he like uh, if they went through the uh, toxicology or that uh, anything shot like that with told the blood drawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can look and tell. Plus, I mean, what they didn't show you was the car. TMZ, uh, the the amount of information they receive from law enforcement is incredible. Look at this. Um, and this is no different. Where they have a photo of the car where the there is no more tire. Tireless. And a flat. The front and the back. I mean, let me tell you what this translates so front, to in one word. front left tire, just the rim. No tire is remaining. Back left uh, rear tire is flat and headed, headed towards the complete destruction like front tire. Yeah. Here, here's all I need if I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm the prosecutor here. Uh, Your Honor, yeah. here are the photos. Here's the mugshot. Guilty. It's like getting uh, Brett Favre into the Hall of Fame. Just speak the name. In yeah. this case, you just submit Put this into evidence. I mean, that's as bad. Yeah. Look, thankfully, nobody died. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's not a Henry Ruggs situation. But, my God, I, I am just amazed at the number of rich celebrities, and particularly in the athlete department, who have, you know, no problem paying Uber, Lyft, or having a personal driver, uh, you know, parked at the curb and at the ready. You know, plus will show up at the door at the clap of your hands or a text not, who will drive. The location here to me also plays a huge factor in the stupidity. It's who all it's all Vegas? stupid. But driving in Las Vegas I mean, driving in Las Vegas with a flat tire and no tire scuffing up curves. I mean, what are you what are you expecting? Yeah, this is pretty easy. Easy to pull someone over uh, with this. Yeah. Henry Ruggs was driving in Vegas, you know, also. Uh, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's 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 a bad situation. I I immediately thought, you know, I mentioned the show Halston earlier. I'll I'll mention Wolf of Wall Street now. Yeah. I immediately thought yeah. looking at this picture and seeing the car <laughs> right. was Leo and uh, jo- was it Jonah Hill also was a part of that night in in the movie he or was not? Part of the night, yes, but, but he, he wasn't, wasn't in the, in the car. car. He wasn't in the car. Yeah, but his impression <laughs> of how he got home and then what actually happened very similar to what I imagined was Marshawn Lynch <laughs> and what was going on. Hit yeah. us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Yeah, uh, Paul, I'm, this, I'm with you on this. This is the only evidence needed. Say goodbye to your 
license. Amazon, close to uh, a, a contract, an addition to their current Thursday night football deal, uh, which will include the Black Friday game. They, they want to own that day as an NFL day um, and own that game on what they're going to try and do is produce more content on a day where there's nothing in regards to really sports. You've got Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day. We know that certain things line up sports-wise for those two. football has some games yeah. that day, right? And then, um, yeah, that's right. And then you have uh, the NFL and the Amazon's willing to pay, uh, what is it, Paul, a million? Up to uh, close to $100 million for the one game. Uh, listen, I'm baffled by the money, but when it comes down to one game, and like ESPN was paying close to $100 million for that Saturday afternoon wild card game that one year was two backup quarterbacks. It was the Texans Raiders game, maybe that was like as bad a playoff game as we've seen in the last 10 years. Yes. And that was worth close to a hundred million dollars. It, it is amazing to me that one game could have that value. And, and this is, uh, you know, a great time window for a game. Think great. about, the, think about what they go ahead, Chad. Well, I was just going to say the whole concept of, finding the right day that people aren't doing a lot and that they want something to gather around and to there see. There are many of those days. Well, the, this Black Friday is going to be incredible with the U.S. men's national team playing England also. Yeah. All those things going on. Which is why that they're not weekend, doing it this year. That weekend on yeah. Fox is unbelievable with the sports they have lined up through, throughout the entire weekend. Um, let's think of other days where there should be more events where right now it's sort of a sports desert where you could get big numbers because people really aren't doing much. One day I always think about is Labor Day. There's like one college football game on at night. And I've always thought, I know the NFL starts that Thursday after Labor Day, but to me Labor Day would be a prime window to put something in the middle of the day or more things at night and have a bigger audience. I don't know why more college football teams, they're going to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and there's going to be one game on Monday night on Labor Day over the college football weekend. Why they don't do more? Let's do an 11 a.m. You know, with all these TV packages of 11, Big Ten's going to be on Fox at 11 a.m. and then CBS at 2.30, then an NBC night game. Can we get that in big games on Labor Day for college football? I mean, I, I'm again, I, this is me just looking at it way above saying let's make this happen because it's an opportunity where people typically may not be doing as much and they would want to continue the sports watching this game will kill on on black friday it'll be fantastic i mean people already have stopped going out uh to 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 shop on that day uh you you do it on your computer to not not everybody but uh, far fewer people are out oh, yeah. on that day it it it's begging for sports content. I also don't know about you guys, but when you get the long weekend and it's a Monday holiday and it's it's one of those cookout holidays, Memorial Day is another one that comes to mind. I want to have the cookout on the Sunday. I don't want to have the big cookout the day before going back to work for a lot of people. Traditionally, So I think the actual holiday is the day... The Sunday of Labor Day weekend, I feel like, is more of an activity day. Well, even if you have the cookout on Monday, if you've got something good on your TV, it makes it all that much better on your patio. Yeah. Not everyone has a patio on their TV, Paul. Yeah, I guess Labor Day is viewed like July 4th. got to talk to the people here. You know what I'm saying. July 4th <laughs> is not a, not a day where you want to schedule some big 
game at, in the evening. You know, New Year's Eve has not done well for the college football playoff to have the college football playoffs played on that evening. Um, so I think traditionally their view is most people aren't around the TV on those marquee holidays. Meanwhile, th- from Amazon's perspective, them getting the Thursday night package and then adding this on, if they're, if they're paying upwards of $100 million, it probably ends up being a bargain when you consider how they charge and what they charge for certain algorithms through their site. And there's no other site like them. They, they have cornered the market for online shopping because it's instant. In many cases, they can get you an item overnight or within hours. Same day. And there's always that Amazon's choice that's recommended. It's no different than a Google ad that pops up recommended. A company's paying for that placement. And if you are going to be paying for placement in ads during this game, or if you have a QR code that pops up for a certain aspect of what you're shopping for on Black Friday, and you scan that code, it's going to take you to the page of the product that paid for the premium placement. They are going to kill it. They are going to print money because they have the NFL now that's going to do the the publicizing for their online shopping on Black Friday. Very good point by you um, yeah. thinking and they get to control all the ads it's not like they're buying ad time on a network you're so right they've cornered it and it i think many people look at the 100 million and think man that's steep but that's that's got to be their busiest day of the year if it's not that it's cyber monday yeah plus right? there's build up to that where they can tie in a ton of advertising throughout their oh, thursday then, nights leading up to and it. then they can they can give they can have another special amazon prime day where you can sign up and get more subscriptions for Amazon Prime. You get your online package as well as free shipping. I mean, it's a, it's a win-win if you're connected. And I'm only saying that because they're connected to the, the NFL. It's that property yes. that makes it so valuable. Plus, Thanksgiving interrupts their Thursday night schedule because they don't have a Thanksgiving game. So this yes. fills in the crack. For yeah, you're that. not really shopping on Thanksgiving, though. Yeah. Big story just breaking, and I'm sure you're going to be able to read all about this at OutKick as well. Uh, Washington State, former Washington State coach Nick Rolovich, if you remember, was fired because he would not get a COVID-19 vaccination during the a COVID yes, season. right before they Because it was a playing. Washington State employee mandate, has uh, filed a $25 million wrongful termination suit against Washington State University. He is claiming religious discrimination in this lawsuit. 34-page, by the way, when he was fired... His attorneys filed a 34-page letter to the university appealing the decision for Rolovich to be fired. Um, And he is claiming a religious exemption from uh, getting a a COVID vaccination and seeking $25 million from Washington. Why is all this important? So far removed now from from the pandemic? It's important because it's a big precedent setter for a lot of of people. This is going to be a high-profile sports lawsuit that's going to play out. Does the state of Washington through Washington State University settle with Nick Rolovich uh, uh, over this? Do they completely go to court with it? Does it get thrown out? All those things are going to be important because this is going to create a game plan and a map for others that may be thinking about suing something, someone, something, for firing them for not getting a COVID vaccination. Did... Did he talk religious exemption at the time? No, yes, I, I, yes he did. and um, He did. He's a Catholic. He, he claimed religious exemption, I think, because there was, there was a gray area where you could 
you didn't have you, you weren't lumped into the group that was mandated to do it. Yeah, they basically didn't believe him when he claimed a yeah. religious exemption. It said Rolovich, Rolovich, who is Catholic, was denied a religious exemption from Governor Jay Inslee's mandate requiring state employees to get the vaccine. So he filed for an exemption, a religious exemption immediately, and they fired him anyways. Then there was a 34-page appeal that was also denied by the state. And I remember when we talked about this story, I'm thinking, this is going to be a lawsuit. I mean, this guy's fighting it this hard and they're still firing him. They're opening yeah, the door for him to sue at some point. And it, feel, and yeah, that it feels point like it took now. a while to get there. Yes, to that, your point. that point, it, it lasted a while, but they've, they have now filed a lawsuit, $25 million. Coming up, our NFL team previews as we get forward, uh, look forward to the, uh, the, the regular season. We're going to move our attention to the AFC West and discuss the Denver Broncos and Kansas City Chiefs. We'll, we'll start in Denver, new ownership and a new quarterback. That's next from Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Time to head to Dove Valley, shall we? Denver Broncos season outlook looks a lot better than it did a year ago. Outkick 360 rolls on. Russell Wilson in one of the biggest trades in NFL history. Just if you look at the talent and the player and the what they gave up in return and what it could mean, can they be the Rams of 2022? Russell Wilson takes over. Nathaniel Hackett is the new head coach. They return their wide receiver core, and they have a defense that was a top five scoring defense last season. And they lose Noah Fant and head coach Vic Fangio, but gain uh, uh, Russell Wilson. Of course, uh, you know we should also mention uh, Von Miller is in Buffalo, um, so that's a significant uh, loss after they traded him to L.A. last year. There was talk that he was going to return to Denver, and he chose to go to Buffalo. So they didn't get him back after trading him midway through the uh, at the trade deadline last year. Nonetheless, it's the division that holds me back from feeling like this is a Rams of this season. Although I think the, the addition of Wilson is going to be spectacular for the receiving core, for the tight end play, and they've, that's where they've invested through the draft. Guys, they've, they've got uh, two legitimate running backs, they have Williams and Melvin Gordon, who says he's not taking a back seat without a fight and a position battle. I'm intrigued that their defense, though, is what will carry them um, until the playoffs. And then it's quarterback play, and they've got the quarterback that they can certainly make a run with. I've got concerns about the defense in that I think it was largely a, uh, I mean, they've got talent for mm. sure. But Vic Fangio was the architect of that defense, and now it's Ejiro Evero. 
uh, and he's a byproduct of the Rams. Well, the Rams have produced a lot of great offensive coaches. Um, Brandon Staley, I guess, from their defensive side. Yep. Um, but here's an unknown coordinator taking the place of a well-known defensive coordinator who was miscast as a head coach. So I'm curious about how the defense sustains what it was doing uh, systematically or how much systematic change there is when you've got a new guy taking over there for a rookie head coach. That's one of my big questions. I also think um, Wilson can be a bit of a peculiar guy. And does it take some time for things to settle in there in a very difficult decision? If he was coming into the AFC South or if he was going into uh, the NFC South, there would re- you know, he'd really have a chance to rocket to the moon. Yep. Going into that division with uh, three other very good teams, it's going to be a lot harder and I uh, have and some good questions. good defenses, yeah. Some NFL news coming down just now. The Browns have announced Deshaun Watson will start Friday's preseason game against the Jags. Uh, that has been announced Are they home or away? by the Browns. They're in Jacksonville. That's an interesting game because Trevor Lawrence is also starting. So there's actually a hey, reason to uh, watch the first quarter. Matt Ryan's playing the first quarter for the Colts. There is no way I would play him in the preseason. No, no. I mean, considering what's at stake this year for the GM and the head coach, there is no way I'm playing Matt Ryan in the preseason. So... Getting back to the Broncos, looking at this team, I think of them almost a little bit similar to Miami, but in reverse. Tua has been given no excuses with weapons that have been added to the arsenal in Miami. I feel like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Albert O, who's going to have to step up now at tight end uh, with Noah Fant being traded off to Seattle in, in the Russell Wilson deal. I feel like those guys now have no excuses that Russell Wilson's yeah. been brought in. So th- there's there's been pieces of the offense that you've always liked with Denver, but you could easily just go back and say, well, it's Drew Locke throwing him passes. So that's that's the excuse with the offense. Well, there's no excuse now with Russell Wilson. And, uh, Paul, I'm with you on the, the Vic Fangio loss. It's a big one, and I think that's a big question mark, but they've got good guys on defense. We're going to talk about the Chiefs also. I just have a hard time figuring out where they fit in the AFC West. Just where are they legitimately in that pecking order in such a tough division right now? Well, you and I, there's I a think, agree. There's a bit of an identity crisis, I feel like, with Denver, other than what Russell Wilson's identity was in Seattle yes. and expecting that to carry over immediately in Denver. I think you and I agreed uh, at a, on a week when Hutton was out this summer on them being a last-place team, a good last-place team, but a last-place team. It will not shock me if... They're they're the fourth in the West, or if they are number one, like they, yeah. I think it, the teams are that that close right now. I don't have and number one because I'm absolutely in love with the Chargers. They're, I mean, they were their defense though is what is so to me underrated um, because their their secondary their secondary can cover and they can rush the passer at a consistent rate and they have depth at both spots. I think. Sometimes we overlook the depth component of uh, the war of attrition. They can, if, if there's always a position or two where you're thin on a roster, the salary cap era doesn't doesn't lend you a benefit at every spot. You can't have great but depth they've, everywhere. They've drafted well defensively, uh, and 
there's the, I don't know if they're starting a rookie. I don't know if a rookie will be up on their depth chart. Um, and that's offense or defense. I can't think of one immediately. Maybe it, maybe it tied in. Uh, that might be it. They have an aggressive running style um, that I think fits that offensive line really well. And Wilson, I mean, to, Cortland Sutton before his ACL injury looked like an all-pro in 2019. He's now another year removed from that injury. And what can Wilson do for Cortland Sutton that we were not seeing with the quarterback play last year from Teddy Bridgewater uh, and the entire gauntlet that we we saw back and forth last last year. I I think Wilson does a, a world of difference for that wide receiving. You court. know, somebody who also is tending to get rave reviews is Devontae Williams. Yeah. Um, I'm not there yet. I, I want to see it. If he's as good as is advertised and expected, that, that can also they, help take the offense to another level. Yes. Uh, if, yeah, you're right. Does he ascend to now being the ball carrier and have Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Gordon behind said, him? Hell, he's not going to. Yeah, and they, they split reps. It was nearly 50-50 uh, last year on, on carries. A very similar usage. And his, William's very aggressive um, with his running style. And if he can stay healthy, I think he can ascend to that level. And, yeah, this is, a, this is an interesting team. Plus, it's a very difficult place to go on the road and win. So with all that considered... Um, how does their division stack up schedule-wise? Let me look this up. Because, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, because the only reason I bring this up is like the Titans and Colts will play twice before the midway Half, point of the season. Yeah, this second year. year in a row. Um, so they're going to open up against Seattle. We knew that. That was the Monday night football game. That's in Seattle. They then host the Texans, host the 49ers. Then they're on the road against the Raiders, and then they host the Colts. I mean, that's a very winnable stretch. They're going to get Trey Lance in game three of the season at quarterback for the, for the 49ers. They're on the road against Vegas. and That'll be a tough one. The Colts have to come to them, and they're getting the Chargers after that. They don't play the Chiefs until the second half of the year. But that Raider... By the way, I, I, pulled, mean, I got... pulled up the Chargers schedule just to compare because I think that's kind of competition with yeah. the Broncos oh, right there. But I, I put both those teams sort of in the middle, not really knowing of that division. Chiefs, to me, are, are number one. Yeah, They open the Chargers at home against Vegas. Then they go to Arrowhead. First two weeks of the season. Then it gets a lot easier. Jacksonville at home, at Houston, then at Cleveland, probably without Deshaun Watson, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, definitely with that. Yep. Then they host Denver. Then they host Seattle, at Atlanta, at San Francisco, KC at home, at Arizona, at Vegas, Miami at home, Versus the Titans in Indy and then against the Rams and they finish at Denver. But there's a nice stretch there for the Chargers. If they could split those first two. Split the first two, then you get Jacksonville, Houston, Cleveland minus Deshaun Watson, Seattle, Atlanta. Those are six out of seven games. The division comes down to the final two weeks of the regular season. The Broncos are at Kansas City in week 16. And week 17, they are hosting the Chargers. So they'll play the Chiefs and Chargers to end the regular season. That will determine... It's 17 and 18. 17 and 18, yes. Uh, they, that will determine uh, you would think. the division winner and you know, card maybe stack. a wild card. Or the if you lose both, you're out completely. Um, that's how competitive the division could end up being. Or you get three teams out of the division in. Which is con- totally conceivable. 
I mean, the Colts and the Titans should have something to say there. AFC East could have something to say there. And, uh, you know, Ray, Ravens, Bengals, something to say there. To the, to the Kansas City Chiefs, um, so they lose Tyreek Hill. They trade him away. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is having a really good camp. He's a new receiver coming from Green Bay. Um, he's been turning heads and, and been very consistent. Uh, they have Justin Reed, who they've brought in from Houston. Trent McDuffie is uh, one of their draft picks at corner. They also have George Karlaftis. I mentioned him yesterday. He's had a really good start two weeks uh, rushing off the edge. They lose Charvarius Ward and Tyreek Hill. Ward was one of their starters at corner. They've drafted Trent McDuffie. And then they, they had two first-round picks. They get back in. They, they have Karlaftis at the end of the first round. So they have an influx of youth on, on defense. And then offensively, the question is, who fills the, the Tyreek Hill role and can it be a rookie in Sky Moore who is being asked to come in and fill some massive shoes? And sometimes you can have rookies come in and make a huge splash, but other times it just takes a while to get ingrained into an offense, into a new system. Where does he fit in that? They, they clearly pick the right guy in the Tyreek Hill mold. But if they hit on him, and of course Kelsey, I believe, is still the top tight end in the league. Um, 20 touchdowns combined over the last two years. Without Hill, what, what changes in that type of production? But the, the chemistry between Mahomes and Kelsey is not changing. And if you have the, the new guys, Marcos Valdez-Scantling, who can pair with the rookie and Sky Moore, if, that, if they hit a home run with that, they're winning the division. Left out Juju Smith-Schuster there, and who's been, another guy who receiver. could come back and make yeah. a lot of plays. And Miko Hardman now has some opportunity that he didn't have before. Look, I like that they've given themselves a lot of options. Um, and Andy Reid's as good as anybody at, at finding ways. Tyreek Hill, the, the best big playmaker in the league, though. And, yes. and that's not an easy thing to replace. So I'm really curious to see them and to see how they do it. But I'm... I'm a little worried. I mean, I think they're probably the favorites in the division, Chad. I know you like them, but I think they're coming back a little bit to a very stacked division because you're taking out an X-Factor player. And they've given themselves some options here, but none of those options are Tyreek Hill. And X-Factor players are what the league is about. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There's no replacing just man-for-man Tyreek Hill, but they have Mahomes. They have Kelsey. A, and those are experts. They've added players. enough other guys that they're still going to be really good on offense. I think Ronald Jones, the addition of him, is a little bit un- underrated. Nice change of pace He's to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. But either way, it's a good you need two running backs. Uh, that's a that's a solid two running back lineup for for Kansas City. Well, they have three if Clyde Edward Hilaire can stay healthy, because they also have Jarek McKinnon there. Yeah, another good point. Defensively, their pressure rate was really good a year ago. They're bad at sacking the quarterback. So they're good at getting around the quarterback, but not not getting him down. Does that change a little bit? I, I still think KC is the team to beat in the AFC West. Can they find more consistency in the run game? I think they, you know, that they were lacking that in the Cincinnati matchup for the AFC Championship game. And I think there is a bit of, I, I think we're sleeping on Mahomes a bit here because he's coming off of 
what was the worst performance of his career that we've seen in a, a big moment where he had an awful game against the Bengals. And I wonder how much that is motivating to a guy that's one of the greats in the league right now, one of the faces of the entire league. And does that charge him up a bit to where he's about to take over again? And when he gets rolling, he's unstoppable. And we've, him, we've seen him play at an extremely high level, but we also, the last time out, saw him play uh, his worst outing of his career. And that's coming from him. Edward Delaire, you know, he averaged 4.4 and then 4.3, but he's missed 10 games in two years already. Yeah, there's no consistency And with he him. feels, you in know. A, in a game, out of a game. Almost busty to me in the fact that he was supposed to be such a difference maker for them and haven't seen it with any consistency yes. whatsoever. And where they drafted him, too, you, you yeah. expect more production. So uh, that that three-pack of backs needs to contribute some there to also offset the Tyreek Hill thing to me. Still the top of the division? Are you, you're taking the Chargers again? I, I'm all over the Chargers. But I, I mean, Keep I think the Chiefs those Chargers. Are, They're eventually going to get there, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm doing. I, I'm year going after year, they're going to get there. Well, it's only two years. but I'm going to keep undervaluing them, and then they, they play into that undervaluing. So I'm, I'm going to say they're last again. I like division. that quarterback uh, as much as I like any quarterback in a league that hasn't won multiple MVPs, you know? Um but, uh, you know, it's hard not to like the Chiefs as well. And I think they're both in the playoff. Do you think we're, we're seeing the end? Like, when I, when I say the end, like, is this potentially the final year for Andy Reid? You know, maybe it could go out, like, if they won the Super Bowl. But I picture him as, uh, I don't know, just a, a, as you said it, my gut feeling is he's a guy that goes out, you know, near death coaching, not a, not yeah. a guy who retires and is on a boat like Jimmy Johnson. The way, just the way, uh, and I'm trying not to read too much into it, but they were hesitant on um, what they were going to do at offensive coordinator and who was going to get a job and who was leaving, who wasn't. They've lost some, they've lost some of their guys from, the, from their front office. One of their uh, uh, pales, who's now in Chicago, came from Kansas City. They're, I believe, the offensive coordinator, um, trying to remember where this is, uh, is now from the, from the Chiefs, not the enemy, but a guy working with him is now calling plays elsewhere. Um, Nagy left a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, so they've, their coaching staff, he, he decided to bring the enemy back, but it was, not a, it was not the traditional announcement. Like they were... They waited an extra week or two and then decided, yeah, he's, he's coming back for another season as the play caller or the offensive coordinator. Um, something to watch and monitor, but they are still churning at a high level, and I think their defense can be better and uh, be more productive than what they were and more consistent during the regular season than what they were. But it, 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 interesting, though, the, the, all the defensive talk ultimately comes down to just quarterback play in January. Because the Bills had a solid defense last year. Kansas City ends up winning that shootout to go to the AFC Championship game against the top scoring defense in the league. The Broncos certainly give up some key points down the stretch, and they're on the outside looking in. And then you have um, the, the Patriots, who gave up a ton of points. They had a great scoring defense, gave up a ton of points to the Bills in the playoffs. So... And then you have the Titans who've sacked the quarterback nine times and can't win. Find a way to lose. Yeah. Coming up, uh, where will we find Thursday night football? Is there an emphasis that needs to be placed on how to go about finding Thursday night football when the season kicks off? 
And how many fans know it's exclusive to Amazon this year, unless you're in the market where your team is, is playing in the game? We'll discuss this and the, the efforts to increase awareness. That's next on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Former Packers guard and currently uh, roaming the sidelines for the Detroit Lions radio network, TJ Lang will be with us coming up in 10 minutes on OutKick 360. Um, how many people, uh, just in your average NFL fan base, your, your average office, your friends, who you hang out with, know that Thursday Night Football is only on Amazon this year? 20%. Yeah, not very en- low. Not enough for there not to be huge questions on opening night. I think in general, yeah, we I weigh, think we're headed towards that. We well, way overrate NBC. Probably, I'm talking yeah. about us people that work in this business. Way overrate the general public's concept of where games are located. Agree. Agree. They they don't know. Even sports fans a lot of times don't know or don't remember what network is what or what's carrying what. Um, so I think that the percentage is very low. I think that second Thursday this. night of the season, though, when it starts, there's going to be panic that night. Twitter will go crazy. Where's the game? What? I don't get it. Um, and it's going to be a, a horror show. I, I'm also just not convinced that there's not going to be some major shutdown on Prime Video that night or, oh, a, glitch, or a glitch in some think, way. I think we'll be okay on that. I think we'll be okay. On I, that. I think if not, a, it, it, I think there could be a glitch, but I think there is going to be a delay. And I've talked about this. When your TV feed is behind your Twitter feed, that is going to cause problems for, again, not maybe the average Joe, but for people like us who are in the industry or close or intense yeah. fans who have bats on the game or whatever, and if you're seeing a play or a highlight of the play before you're seeing the play in your live broadcast, that's going to be bad news. Week two Thursday night game. It's the Chargers-Chiefs. That's their, that's their big yeah, game. That's a, that's a giant game. And when people aren't discovering that they don't know where it is until kickoff, that's going to be a cluster. Yeah. I, I Generally speaking... Uh, I have more faith in the fan base of finding games because the ratings are super high for these big matchups. But this is the biggest change we've ever seen. It is a big change, no doubt. No doubt. And so the local market, so Chargers, Chiefs, Kansas City, and And LA LA will have a local network that can, they'll bid on this and then you can can get the game. You can pick up 
uh, Thursday Night Football through Amazon. Um, and it's not necessarily tied to a certain network or not. It's not always going to be the CBS affiliate, for instance. I, I think I never underrate the ability of people to find an NFL event and watch it ratings-wise. I just think that there's going to be a mad scramble of people not realizing it until the day of or that night. People will rush to it if they have it, and they'll find it. There will be no issues. I'm just saying I'm always people that I feel like are huge sports people. Yes. That I'll talk to and they're like, oh, that's on, that's on, yeah, I think there that's is. on X network or that's on this one. I'm, well, I'm thinking, how do you not know that uh, CBS has most of the AFC games and well, <laughs> Fox you, has the NFC games? This you know, was originally a Fox year for Thursday yeah. Night Football. They bought, they allowed Amazon to start a year early with their Thursday night football broadcast. Here's the other technical question. And Amazon's very good at all of this stuff. But if hundreds of thousands of people are signing up for Amazon Prime that night at seven oh five, yeah, uh, you know how's that go? I mean, I, I think people would be shocked if you knew how delayed if you have Directv or uh, how delayed those feeds are when you're watching a game or listening to a live broadcast, one that I know for a fact is not on delay. And versus what you're seeing on the screen trying to match up. You can be two plays behind on a satellite feed. So people are going to complain about it being behind. You're already watching a play that has happened and Vegas already knows about it. Yeah, I'm going to complain. If, 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 if it's noticeable on my couch, Twitter versus the game. Watch a Major League Baseball game and pull up FanDuel. And when, when, the, when the spread locks... For no reason. You know some action. Something just happened. Something. Someone struck out. Someone struck out. We're going to the bottom half of an inning. The ball's in play. There's a double being had that you yeah. don't know about. You haven't seen yet on TV. Yes. I it's, notice that all the so time. So you, you can watch it. You can see a game play out and know a moment's happening just based on the games that are locked. And you can still have time to flip over to that game and see the play. I'll even see the odds go up or down before I see what happened in the that game. That doesn't make bother do that. me as much as if there's conversation about it happening about something that I haven't yet seen happen, quote-unquote well, live. I, I'm in the minority. I don't follow games on Twitter. It annoys me when people are doing play-by-play on Twitter. I'm not looking that. for a play-by-play. I don't like the people who do play-by-play, but I'm looking for analytical reaction. TJ Lang is next on Outkick 360.